2: fans around the world it's Theo Delaney here in North London saying welcome to another Spurs show the roller coaster continues we have uh, a remarkable game we've just had to talk about we've got games coming up to talk about we've got affairs off the pitch to talk about it's all going on and I'm pleased to say I have a fantastic panel of accomplices with me Chris Paros is back hi Chris hi Theo how are we doing we're good we're all right how are you I'm
0: much happier after Saturday, to be fair.
2: Good. That's good. Okay. Ola Hanlon is back. Hanlon is back. How are you, Ola? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Hanging in. Good. Good. And making his debut, Jamie Williams is here. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Theo. How are you doing? Very good. Now, before we get on with the uh, agenda, such as it is, Jamie, tradition dictates that because it's your first time, you have to tell me about your first ever Tottenham match.
3: Yeah, I knew you'd ask me that, Theo. So I I did. uh, I just double checked the date, although I did know it on Google. But uh, so the first time uh, I went was back in 1988, March 1988. Uh, My my dad had already got me into Spurs, and he took me uh, to Forest, Nottingham Forest uh, at White Hart Lane. It was one all. Um, In my memory, I always thought for some reason Gary Mavert had scored. Uh, but when I googled it, all I could get there was not, no match report that I could find. But it's Dan's own goals. I don't know if I if I just got the wrong memory or maybe he was harshly done by deflection. Not sure. But um, yeah, I was seven years old. Uh, so I haven't. If you think back from '88 till now, I haven't been in a in a in a kind of period where we've uh, had uh, consistent glory. Let's just say that. But uh, I think but, I'm right in saying there've
2: only been three trophies since then, and that's what. That's like 35 years.
3: Yeah. And 91. Yeah. 91 would have been the peak. I was 11. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have massive memories of that game. I do remember, obviously. But
2: well, what a piss poor return for 35 years. <laughs> none, of, none of us thought in 1998 that, 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 we'd, that we'd go 35 years of three trophies and only one of them really a, a major one. And that was three years later. Anyway, let's not get to press before we've even started. Come on. We just won a game. That's the good news. And uh, so I thought we might start with that because it was an odd game. I, I, I was there in my seat, my usual seat, of course, surrounded by my usual uh, cohort. And I, I I left there thinking, how the did we win that? Because, bloody hell, I mean, by any measure, we were second best in that game, but we won. Chris, what did you make of it?
0: Well, I wasn't in my usual seat, weirdly, because I was invited to some posh seats. Oh. And so I was with a bunch of people who weren't Spurs fans, and they loved it because there was every, you know, like every drama you could imagine happened in the game. There was a, Mm. a, they looked like there were fisticuffs, there were goals that should have been that didn't stand, there were all sorts of things. And, you know, for a neutral, they all thoroughly enjoyed it, came away going, oh, got a bit lucky there but Mm. equally you know with when you score a goal like Sully scored in that first half it's like that goal deserves to be for a winning team and uh, the thing that i really um that really struck me afterwards was in his interview he said i wasn't gonna shoot but pierre was behind me shouting shoot shoot yeah and if you watched him actually afterwards talking to um ben and milesy he said he I think he finally told us why it hasn't been working for him this season' because he said they don't they don't want me to shoot from there. He specifically said it oh. so imagine being instructed. so I guess now that it feels like the um the shackles are off slightly, yeah now that Conte is gone um you know, they don't want me to shoot from there, so thank heavens for Pierre. And, you know, we know that he's all about running in from behind and not coming short, which is clearly what's asked of them. So he talked a little bit about that as well. So, look, we're always complaining that things go against us. And so for once, they didn't. They went Mm. for us. Mm. And so, you know, it does all come out in the wash at the end of the season, etc. But hopefully that will be something to push on from.
2: Yeah, that's fascinating about Son, isn't it? Because he's had a terrible season really has until his just general level of performance has been... I mean, really, if it wasn't for who he is and for the fact that he can still, even when he's playing badly, still just suddenly pull something out of the bag like he did on Saturday and he has in other games this season. But generally, his level of performance has been poor. But as soon as you hear that, you think, oh, well, maybe it's not just him going... You know, once you try and take out the things that are – because it's not just then – it's not just that he's not shooting from there as instructed. It's not just that he's having to come short, which, as you say, is not really his game. It's the psychological effect of it, isn't it? It's his confidence. And so actually, you're
0: thinking, can I, what should I be doing here? Am I doing the right thing? And you can see with players, you know, with, with those really talented players that a lot of stuff is instinct. So yeah. if you're – You know, and obviously that I appreciate that they get drilled and trained and all the rest of it. But the things that you can sort of just see are the great joy of him playing, where he unleashes a shot like that. Yeah. If that feels like you're you're sort of stymied from that, you know, you can sort of see why that might be difficult for him. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is interesting. All uh, as I said, I I can't remember a game where we where we a more jammy victory, if you like. Apparently they they had like something like sixty five percent of possession throughout the game they had certainly more shots more shots on target they we later found out when we really well, we suspected it even in the state of I mean I sit quite high up but even where we were where I was sitting I was thinking that, that goal that was disallowed of theirs that seemed like an injustice and you're thinking what what there didn't seem to be anything wrong with that that penalty they didn't get from the foul by Hoybier you think how is that not a penalty i mean that is i mean they've actually bizarrely apologize for that. The referee, the referee, imagine how annoyed you'd be. Apologize? I don't think that made me feel any better whatsoever. But but given that we were, I mean, the the one thing you got to say is, the reason why I said at the beginning, how the hell did we win that? We we won it because we've got two special players who can do special things even when we're playing crap. And that's what happened. But do you think, given the nature of that victory, that it doesn't, you know, unlike most victories, does it make you still worried you know as as the as the uh run-in beckons that we're just not playing well and that we're going to struggle to get into this top four order.
1: yes <laughs> i mean yes there are good things to take from it i mean that kind of winning ugly uh kind mm-hmm. of idea that you know and as you said like the things go your way it all comes out in the wash when did people start apologizing for making when did that become a thing like i've never i don't think i've heard that before is it just because it's spurs that they were like oh quick we need to apologize i don't you know yes i mean i i i was watching it at home um i live in ireland and we the, the match was on live on telly at, at, at three o'clock which is always nice Right. um so i was watching it on telly and um i I mean, it took a so, VAR. It took so long to kind of work out those two goals. I mean, I think on reflection, by the letter of the law, the the, the fact that they were both disallowed is fair enough. I think where we did get jammy was with the penalties because um, I mean the Hoiberg one. I think I mean you know if if I was on the other side, I'd have been like, how is that not a penalty? Yeah. But I mean, you know, it was a very weird match from the kind of you know the fight the start like where they were both at each other the the managers um yeah to them both being given red cards even though like stellini was like you know uh,
2: yeah literally like,
1: actually li- had... literally like la, 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 like what's going on looking <laughs> yeah. away yeah um he's i mean apparently it's because he did he wasn't like keeping control of his um his people yeah <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um it was a really really odd match but i i don't think Look, there was some improvements. I did think there were some improvements, um, but I think we're going to find it hard unless we start to make kind of, we we build on that. If we kind of see, all right, if son kind of has, has gone, right, I'm back, here I am, I'm back, um, then maybe, yeah, but I, it's going to be tough. That was a very long-winded way of me going, I think it's going to be hard. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, uh, Jamie, the other interesting that was as as Ola says, there's so many interesting things going on. Uh, and as Chris said, she was with with you know neutrals who so must be we were absolutely lapping it up. It had, it had everything. But one of the interesting subplots, which actually got lost in because there was just so much going on, was what was being sung from the crowd from the home end. A couple of things. One, much uh, Pochettino's name. And the other, of course, we want Levy out. It wasn't yeah. massive. It wasn't massive, but it was. It wasn't tiny either. It was very clearly audible. It was certainly where I was, and I would have thought throughout most certainly from the director's box, it would have been audible. And um, I, I rather think that actually that that you know those two. got I think Harry Kane got the board out of uh, out of jail there because I think if we'd have actually gone behind in that game for any. At all, and let alone ended up losing it. I think possibly that discontent would have spread. Do you, do, you, do you sense that that's not going away?
3: Well, I, I think they were fortunate, as you say. It, it must be it must be torture for Levy to sit there and, and listen to that. It must be really hard. But, yeah. I mean, whatever you say about the football and the and the mistakes he's made, he, he can't. You know, he's, he's certainly um, done a lot of good things as well. So it must be really hard to sit there and 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 listen to it. But I mean, I think. I think the atmosphere would have been really nasty if we'd have if we'd have lost that game as 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 we probably should have done. I mean, if I was a Brighton fan, I'd be uh, very annoyed. I mean, no apology didn't make up for it, did it? But I mean, I thought the game actually encompasses everything. It, it, it shows you exactly where Spurs are as a team. I like, forget the result for a second. Um, we seem to have a complete inability to hold on to the ball. We can't play it out from the back. Um, you know, we we sort of go from Lloris to to Longley, to Dyer, back to Larice, pretending that we're about to, you know, play it out and then we just hoof it forward. I mean, um, we, we have no one in midfield that sort of dictates and puts their foot on it and 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 kind of, you know, tries to hold on to the ball and put some phases together. But as you say, Theo, we do have a couple of world-class forwards when that always uh, gets you out of jail. So, and one of them, you know, is just unbelievably priceless. And I, I don't think I think Harry Kane's more important to Tottenham than any other player is for any other team and everything goes through him. That's good. Um, it's all about him. And, 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 and Son uh, popped up with a goal as well as we know he can. But so I think, you know, when you look at all the stats, it was completely disastrous, but we do have those players, but <laughs> yeah. take away them and what are you left with? I mean, it is a, sorry, I mean, that's the doom and gloom perspective, but it is, um, you know, I think it's just that one game just shows you exactly exactly yeah. what the problem is. Yeah. Well, and we're of
0: the course- third highest scorers in the Premier yeah.
2: League. That's the weird thing, isn't it?
0: But forty-two percent of the goals have come from Harry Kane. So that yeah. just exactly just sums up what, what Jamie's just saying there. Mm. Um but obviously if we can have Sun and others sort of easing that burden, then and Sun finds his form again. Look, I don't I don't think we're gonna finish fourth.
2: No. I mean, you wouldn't have any money on it, would you? I mean, because uh, just purely because of the the way that the various contenders are playing. I mean, Newcastle look like they're really focused now, don't they? They look almost a bit like a juggernaut at the moment. They faltered recently. They might falter again. You know, United mm. still look a bit up and down, But but they both look like more serious contenders than us. And now, of course, they're both ahead of us as well. Um beating Brighton obviously batted off their challenge for now, but who knows i mean what what this what what we've all it, what we've all been saying leads us to to unfortunately to the inevitable and uh recurring question I mean Chris, does Harry leave this summer?
0: It's really hard because I've constantly been thinking, do you know what he won't go, but I think there's sort of this there's again this sort of state of flux. And not having a plan now, it's like, what do you do? Because if you are him, I think if you had a manager with a vision who came in and sort of talked to him about what that vision is and, you know, like you could sort of see how he doesn't want to go. And I'm not completely convinced we'd let him go, even for whatever the price would be in this last year. It's like he can still do something in that final year. And it's not like we haven't got loads of value out of him. I don't think he'd go abroad. I just don't think that's his vibe. Yeah. Um despite what all the Arsenal fans because there was an Arsenal fan with me on Saturday was saying about ha ha he's going to come to Arsenal you never thought so, Campbell. I don't think he'd do that. I genuinely don't think he'd do that. No. So Manchester United seems like the only place. Um but I'm not, you know, I the only thing is that Ten Hag is better than what we've got because at the moment we've got nothing. But I'm not convinced they're in a completely better place than we are in terms of their overall setup. I mean, I appreciate the Manchester United, but I think we've got a lot to offer. So I just think if the right manager comes along and offers him, you know, and sells him the vision. I think we could probably we could potentially. I think he would. I think he would stay. You know, and all that stuff. I mean, when he won the Golden Boot. And it looked like Kate was pregnant. And I know they've confirmed it now. You know, every WhatsApp group I was in was all like, oh, well, they won't want to move now with a with a brand new baby. She's <laughs> going to want to stay around the grandparents. So, I mean, I know we're clutching at straws. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's something in that as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say Spurs might not even, you know, sell him. Because, it, you know, given the way the business is run, if they sell him in the summer, they get 100 million quid, give or take uh if they do you think 100 million quid though in the final year of the contract um i think he's worth 100 million quid even Mm -hmm. even in the final year i think in the current mark he's that good definitely Mm -hmm. manchester united you almost think you you could name your price it would would make such a colossal difference to them but i also agree with you that if from his point of view You know, you could argue, like you said, Man United maybe are a slightly better bet for trophies. I mean, they've just won one, you could say that, you know, in the League Cup, and they've got a manager who does seem to have a plan and a strategy, but they've had managers in place before since uh, Ferguson went at at various points early in their tenure. They've looked like they're the one, it's still going to work, and it's never worked out, and they're still inconsistent. So like you say, yeah, if they brought someone in, I mean, I... I find it intriguing that they they haven't brought Potch in because Potch would have solved so many problems at a stroke. For a start, he can come in straight away and really give us a chance of, of getting into the top four because he can work right from the off. He can bring his people with him. They can slot in. They don't have to get acclimatised or anything. He changes the football so suddenly the fans are energised. He has a great relationship with Harry Kane. So that's that. He gets Kane and Son playing. He's got relationships with both of them, and you know, and the and the you know, if he comes in and he convinces with his ideas and everything, when there's no reason to believe he wouldn't, then then you know, he ticks that box for keeping Harry. Harry thinks, well, you know, I'm thirty almost. I'm settled here. I'm having a baby, and Potch is back. I know how good he is. You know, the 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 chairman in order to get him back has made, made assurances about backing him in the market. It's perfect for me to stay. Why would I go to Manchester United? But they haven't done that. They haven't brought Poch back. And you do think that if they were going to bring him back. They probably would have done already because why would you not give it to Poch for the last 10 games? Why would you choose Stellini over Poch if Poch is available?
0: Maybe if you're Pochettino, though, you don't want to do these last 10 games because this season has been such a... It's been so messy yeah. to actually say, do you know what? If I'm going to start again, I'm going to start properly right. with the proper preseason, season right. the players that I want, etc. Yeah. You know, and lots of people have, I mean, I'm, I'm very much a romantic and I'm, you know, I think in so many instances, getting back with your ex is a disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. If you both learn from your mistakes, it could be, like, the greatest love story ever. So I'm waiting for the love story to be rekindled. Well, em-
1: I've been dreaming of my love story with times.
2: <laughs> so
1: for him to come back would be my ultimate dream. <laughs> well,
2: well, I mean, you know, I think for, for a lot of people, it'd be, apparently there was a straw poll done by The Athletic. Which, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, but they said, or maybe a week ago or something, who would you most want to be the next Spurs manager? Nagelsman just slightly edged it from Poch. But I mean, you know, that was then. I even think by now Nagelsmann might have fallen back. About I think that Nagelsmann thing was just because he just become available.
3: But uh, Jamie, who, who who would you like to see get get the job? Well, I think every manager decision is a gamble, isn't it? You know, absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. Um, even you look at. As you talk about Man United. You know they, they had more time to plan than anyone, and they had Ferguson to sort of almost be part of that planning with them, and they still made a series of of shockers. So, I mean, I instinctively, Poch, you know, for me was of all the of all the managers that you know I can really remember almost, it was the one guy that seemed to just get the most out of the team, improve players, properly coach players fans loved him he seemed to have a, a good relationship with everyone there was like genuine harmony at, at Spurs at the time and you know so when you accept that every moves a gamble to bring him back it might not be the same but he'd be top of my list um mm. I don't know about Nagelsmann I mean I know he's he, he's still quite young guy and, and but not quite sure what's gone on at Munich seems weird that he's gone yeah. um I mean, I've actually heard I heard this morning on the radio that suddenly the odds have been slashed for Brendan Rodgers, and he's. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, God. You know, I, I saw you, that
1: this morning. You wouldn't, like, put it
3: past, uh, you wouldn't put it past Daniel Levy to go there. I think he's always been a fan, apparently. He has I, always. He's tried I, to get him before, um, yeah. Apparently, I, I saw that athletic poll, and uh, apparently, uh, there, there were a handful of votes for Tim Sherwood to come back. Oh so God. I don't that know who was. So the I, thing, was that I think. <laughs> I think
2: they were joking, either that or Tim Sherwood somehow got in there. And no, Poch
3: for me, I, he'd get my full backing, give him what he wants, and just say, you know, weirdly, so I'm going on, but I would have been really controversial when when we had five great years at Poch. I know he dropped off at the end, but I at the time when we got rid of him, I would have given him a sabbatical actually and said, look, you're knackered, mate. The sort of the the the, the shine's gone off you a little bit. The team had dropped off. Go and have a, a season off. We'll bring in a a really decent Tottenham guy to to run it and then come back and give us another five years, you know, because he was that good. And I never yeah. thought we were going to get better than him. So, yeah, he'd be the man. Well, well I, 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 don't, mem-
2: I don't
1: understand. My biggest thing with all this manager thing is Conte's had his foot out the door pretty much since he signed. Yeah. I haven't, I don't know. You know, we all knew he was going to leave. Like, you know, he's, how they haven't got somebody in place already is yeah. beyond you know that we then have to now wait and so what happens yeah we don't get to champions league we're playing on a thursday you know then you're bringing somebody in at that point whereas you know you bring somebody in now potch you know i know he might want his own preseason but no one's gonna you know be mad at him if he doesn't get us into the champions league Do you know what i mean at this mm-hmm. point so i just don't see i mean the only thing you can think of is levy just doesn't want him that you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, there's this it's strong possibility that, that that Levy doesn't want him. Maybe he thinks it's a bad look getting someone back. It costs all that money to fire him, it costs all that money to get Marino, it costs all that money to get Conti, and then he goes back. Maybe he's maybe he's a bit squeezy on that on that basis. I don't know. Well don't the know.
0: David Brent of English football is not the answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's that? Who's
0: yeah, the Rogers.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. David Brent. Well now you're... we've
0: got a new chief.
2: Football officer Yes, I was going to talk about Well, actually I'll tell you what We're going to take a quick break But when we come back We will talk more About matters off the pitch Because there's plenty to talk about
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline Ready to go to your happy place For a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now And save up to 60% on hotels So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City Go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda You never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. price Priceline. Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line
1: at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And we are back. So just before we continue in this, our 16th season of shows, by the way, uh, just to remind listeners that for premium content, including a daily news show, X-Player Interviews, original documentary series uh, on Spurs, go to patreon.com forward slash Spurs show and support our show in the process. Our monthly live shows are always a good bet. You can go to show.net. We've had some brilliant ones this season. David Pleat recently was fantastic. Razor Raddak was great. Jerry Armstrong. Those are just the last three and they were all such a pleasure, those guys to meet and talk to. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram please leave us a nice review on iTunes or as I believe it is now called Apple Podcasts even so says iTunes here in these notes Uh, there's merchandise by the way, brand new celebrity Spurs t-shirts, human son, Antonio Conte there's an Antonio Conte design which is now officially a collector's item you can get that still I think Uh, and the old Woolwich Wanderers classic all that, you can get all that uh, uh, at SpursShow.net uh, so there we are. That's that. And now we're back talking about well, I wanted to talk about matters of the pitch because last week we had a Hannah Barlow on who's a comms expert, and she was talking about the PR bloody dog's dinner that there has been recently. We had that absurd statement by Paratici talking in a darkened room into an iPhone. We then had Paratici fingered by the long arm of the law or the <laughs> carabinieri, <laughs> and now we've got you know, and then and now, as we mentioned just before the break, we've hired this bloke from China called Scott Munn, who is an Australian whose uh, football experience as far as I can make out. And I am no I don't want to disparage this guy. He might be super, super good and super hot. So this is not not me writing him off at all because I don't know anything about him. Really, the point is that we don't know anything about him. But his football CV includes a long spell at Melbourne FC. Uh, and he sort of he sort of started that club up, and then got them into that City Group, Manchester City's uh, group of you know that that group of clubs that they own, and then they they prospered. And then he went and worked in China for a long time for the City Group, and here he is now. And he's been given the job. He's described variously as Levy's second in command, basically of the whole football club. So he would be in the unlikely event that Paratici, or as I, I call him Paratici, but no one calls him that anymore. They've changed the pronunciation anyway he if he does get away with it i mean gets found innocent and uh or or not guilty and doesn't have to do bird and he does come back apparently this guy scott munn would be above him so was a big signing um but jamie i particularly wanted to ask you i mean Helen barlow as i say is is a comms expert you're an advertising man you wrote an interesting article about the problems that the if you look at it from a brand point of view if you look at the problems tottenham hotspur have got perhaps you could summarize your conclusions in that article maybe and maybe ask us what you think they should be doing going
3: forward yeah sure yeah no i sort of as a yeah advertising person i kind of view the world through brands so as a spurs fan i I kind of overlap them for the article i mean the point i made was that um there's loads of loads of different marketing theories out there there's loads of different um Papers being written. But one that most marketers uh all read is this is, is this theory of the long and short of it, which basically talks about building um sort of long-term brand strategy whilst balancing short-term kind of response or you know, sales basically, short-term success. And I think that's where Spurs have got themselves in a muddle because we've got this amazing brand DNA at the club that I think a lot of Tottenham fans all over the world now really have fallen in love with, you know got an amazing history of playing um high tempo entertaining attacking football um with real sort of spirit and we've got you know this amazing brand that that makes Tottenham Hotspur what it is and you know I think that definitely was there under Potch and and we had that amazing balance and then when that went wrong for, I guess sort of understandable reasons, but in, in the sort of panic to to get something over the line and win something, we sort of sort of tore that up, threw it out the window. Don't care how we play anymore. Let's just try and you know bring in the devil almost and get Jose Mourinho to try and win us something. So all about sort of short term uh, at all at all costs to try and win something. Don't care if we play like the the worst football in the world, pragmatic defensive football uh and you go through Conte sorry you go through Mourinho and then you go through Conte who essentially has the same sort of Italian beliefs and you know we're not we're not a a uh, aspirational brand that people want to engage with anymore on the pitch we're just not we, we play I mean do we play the worst football in the, in the Premier League at the moment probably like if we're going to be really honest who, who plays worse um we, we've, we've, as I said, you know, we've, we've got the inability to hold on to the ball and, and play that that way, that the Tottenham way is, is, I know it's a bit of a cliche now, but I think it's true. Uh, we've, we've torn that up. And I think so we've got ourselves in a right mess, basically. And so we didn't get the short term success. And if we go on for much longer, we're really harming our, you know, from a brand power point of view, because they're all football clubs, they're all brands competing in this sort of global Uh, empire now of of trying to recruit fans all over the world and you know we've obviously got a huge interest in Asia and Korea and and North America we're trying you know we're trying to keep our loyal fan base and we've sort of forgotten what it is that that fan base want to mean you know love about us in the first place and and that engagement's gone and you know the loyal fans are still. keep watching Spurs, keep going to Spurs, but we're not building a long-term, you know, brand that people want to fall in love with at the moment. And I think yeah. that's that's where we've gone wrong. So they basically, from an advertising point of view, the
2: brand is how we play and he's thrown that out, but in the pursuit of short-term gain. As you said earlier, and as we all, anyone would agree, all managerial appointments are gambles. He's gambled twice and he's gambled and he's actually been prepared to gamble the whole kind of identity of the club. Um, yeah. And he must be he must be tearing. Well, if he had any hair, he'd be tearing. Maybe he used to have hair. Maybe he's ta- torn it all out because he must be thinking, what? what more do I have to do? I keep hiring these winners to get the trophies. Then we can go back and worry about how we go. But that doesn't work. And I mean, the only thing you'd have to say with him is every time he hires a manager, with one or two exceptions, you know, you can see the logic at least you can see why he hired Conti, certainly uh, the Pochettino hiring ended up being one of the great managerial, managerial hirings in Tottenham's history uh Mourinho I was against right from the start but you could still see the argument in favor of it uh but now as you say yeah we said this uh, on the Spurs show live recently Spurs, show, Spurs identity used to be play great football and win some cups you know, they didn't play pragmatic football. They didn't win the league, but they played great football and they won some cups. Now, neither of those things are true. So what are you left with? That is the problem, isn't it? Um, Chris, do you think... Do you, A lot of people want Levy out because they blame him for that. They blame him for the fact that the identity is gone completely and that, in fact, he's basically a businessman who's interested in the balance sheet above all other things. Do you think that the the desire for for Levy's uh, departure is justifiable? No.
0: I think be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because the only, for me, the only people that buy football clubs now are either looking to do some sports washing Mm -hmm. or want to take value out of the football club. Mm. Now, that's not to say that you know, there aren't some things that you can point out from Daniel Levy's perspective that haven't been great from a from for us from fans. But I'm not necessarily, you know, in the same way that Jamie's just been talking about the new managers of lottery. Guess what? So would new ownership be. Yeah. I think what's interesting is trust trying new things out. So with this chief football officer, that's a new structure for us. We don't have any other chiefs. You've got a board. So you've got all the directors and everybody else is ahead of, as far as I understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this chief thing is a new thing. So I don't know what that means, if that's an indicator for something else in terms of what's going to happen in the structure of the organization. I'm not sure that Daniel Levy going is going to be the thing that's going to make a huge difference. And then what if someone else comes in? I think what's interesting here now is I want to sort of see, you know, I wouldn't mind hearing from him. Mm. Because I think, you know, now, you know, in this moment where we've got no men's first team manager, no women's first team manager, the director of football has been suspended, mm. you know, etc. You actually want to hear from somebody. And and I still think, you know, I know we've we already talked about this, but I think that keeping Stellini there is weird. I think that's just a, that's a weird decision that I don't really understand. It smells a little bit of I didn't want to get rid of Conte, but I had to because of that press conference. So here's this guy instead. Because that kind of bounce that you might get to go, okay, there's something new is afoot. It doesn't feel like that's there. And you know, we've got we've got good people in the club. Why not a point? And you know, I like I like Jamie's idea of a sabbatical. Why do we have to have um, in the sense of doing something different? Why do we have to have like one appointment why not say right we're going to give this to ryan mason harry kane's best mate chris powell tons of experience and yaya toure won it all go on boys do it together and i think that would be a really interesting thing to do but i mean obviously we haven't done it um but no i don't think that i don't think that um levy going is necessarily the answer but i am worried that you know what happened and you know depending on what happens with this appointment that we're just going to end up in the same place again and and honestly that kind of level of toxicity i just it it, it's no fun i went to everton away on monday night and it was much more palpable there but you yeah yeah that's understandable with with uh, that smaller yeah smaller group Mm. um and it's just it's not fun
2: no. Well, that's the trouble at the moment is it's not really fun in the stands. Uh, yeah. uh, it's not really fun on the pitch. You can see that. That's the yeah. trouble. You look at those players. And I've said this many times, about. but, you know, when we've been at our best over the years, you look at a team that enjoys playing together, really enjoys playing football and l- en- enjoys playing together. And that's what Pochettino had. If you think of those scenes in Amsterdam, you know, the love. And that was just the most extreme example. But that sort of thing used to happen a lot, you know, in league games. and. Uh, you know, we're really missing that. I I I think it's interesting what you said about Levy. It'd be good to hear from him because um, we never hear from him. He's never interviewed. He never makes mistakes. But he, he never gets in front of a camera. Having said that, I've filmed him twice, but both times I've interviewed him and filmed him was for official Spurs reasons, you know. Uh, and that's, even then, you feel like you're doing something that's extremely rare. You think, wow. He doesn't I mean, like
0: it by all accounts, Theo. Is that right? He
2: hates, he hates it. And in fact, for the finale ceremony, which I worked on, and I, and you would have thought it would have might have been an opportunity for him to speak there, live, you know, in front of all the cameras and all the people. He absolutely did not want to do that, and he had to be persuaded even to do an interview on film, and we had to play an interview with him on film, um, which was interesting. But all you're an accomplished actress and writer of drama. Is there anything if I, if we said to you if they phoned you up to her and said, "All oh, we need the boss to get out there and get in front of a camera. He's phobic about it. Can you come in, coach him, and get him, coax him in front of the camera? Could, is that can that be done?"
1: Yeah, it can be done. But I mean, you know, do we? do we want him to kind of reveal himself as a human being (laughs) (laughs) or do we just want him to kind of turn up and sort of say stuff. You know, he's not Ted Lasso. He's not going to no. <laughs> sort of, you know. I mean, I, I see him at Grand Prix these days more than I see him at, you know, because he's trying to what build like a racetrack or something like that. I mean, yeah. maybe that's what this chief football officer, you know, has been maybe he's do it. to be, yeah. yeah, more the kind of friendly face of, yeah, because of, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, be, be careful what what you wish for because yeah. you're right. We'll, we'll end up being, you know, bought by I don't know Saudi Arabia or something like that. You know, it's 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 not ideal. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it could be an awful lot worse. But yeah, you. It, it's torture at the moment. What being a Spurs fan? My my daughter walked into the day while I was watching the match, and she's not really into to sport. And she's like, "Why do you?" <laughs> do this to you for the yeah, yeah. And then I, took, and then I, I took for a moment i was like well, of course you do i'm a spirit fan like this is what i do like, yeah you kind of step back for a moment you're like i'm i'm inflicting this on myself now yeah, yeah. at this yeah. stage you know watching spurs at the moment is not a pleasurable experience because yeah. you know for every gorgeous song goal you know then you have Dyer giving the, the, the you know the ball away, and you know you're you, you're wondering what the hell Larice is going to do next, and you know so you have these moments of genius, but then you spend the rest of the time kind of you know on ten hooks. So, I, you know, going back to your original question, Levy is who he is. I don't think he's going to change because. You know he's the money man, isn't he? He likes yeah. the cash, and yeah. that's what he does. And his, I think, the way he sees the world is very different from the way you know a Spurs
0: fan,
2: yeah. Sees the world. Yeah,
0: I mean, the- what else is interesting? Sorry, just one quick thing is if you think about the trajectory we've been on in the last 20 years, mm. what the skills that it takes to, to build what he's built, which I think is is remarkable actually and we should I be thankful yeah the state that we're in now to where we yeah. were 20 years ago
2: totally yeah but
0: so the the skills that you need for this next phase are different and i've been i've worked in a lot of startups think about it from a startup perspective of like right. you know becoming part of that becoming part of the elite right yeah in, yeah in european football it's like and you're in that kind of and you've got that kind of founder syndrome almost and you know i've worked a lot with founders having to kind of try and you know, get them to kind of transition onto the board or whatever. And right, I appreciate right. he's already on the board, but you know, in, in that sort of in a charity or in a in an organization to say actually someone else needs to run this now. So yeah. there might be a little bit of that to say, okay, so get people in to to do the things that you can't. So as Orla says, maybe the this chief football officer is that is like recognizing actually I need some I need some different skills now to take yeah, yeah. us to this next place.
2: The trouble is we've been here before and yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said about leaving, what he has achieved is astonishing. When you think that all the other comparably sized, I mean, I've said this ad nausea, apologies to the regular listeners, but but you know, when you think what, what, what level we were on, we were on the same level as Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday, Aston Villa, Everton, Leeds. Everton, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of those clubs, they were, they were regularly outspending us regularly out, out performing us in the league. Twenty. Years plus later, not only are we way outperforming all of those clubs in the league, some of them have been down two divisions in the in the media, some of them are still down two divisions. We've also, with the same money, the same financial opportunity that they had, in other words, this incredible, these incredible riches from the Premier League. We've bought we've built the best stadium in Europe and the best training ground in the country. It's incredible what he's achieved when you are on that basis. But the problem with that sort of success is. I mean, and one of the reasons he's been able to do it, as I again often say, is he doesn't really need to answer to anyone other than Joe Lewis. Him and Joe Lewis do a, do a quick FaceTime and suddenly you're building a, a £1 billion stadium. That's all it takes. And that that's really helped because it means you haven't had to you know muck about. You just get on with it. And that's great. But the problem is every time he's attempted to delegate, and he has attempted before, there's lots of people who have come in and gone. I mean, is only the latest one. You go back to Damian Camoli and all sorts of people. Uh, that have come in and people in other departments, they don't hang around very long. You remember Paul Mitchell, who was going to be the answer to everything on the scouting front and all of that. They never seem to hang around very long. And I rather feel like it's what you just said, that founder syndrome, where you think, this is mine. I built this and I've done bloody well. So nobody's going to cut. I'll hire these people for their expertise, but if they start telling me I'm doing it wrong and to leave it to them, you know, there's only going to be one winner. Then it's going to be me. And that is potentially... problem with this situation so i agree totally with what you guys are saying about better the devil you know he's actually if you look at the other owners that come in and have come in recently he's actually a pretty good devil actually when you think about it but how is he ever really going to change because if he was going to change in terms of delegation and taking on expertise and really taking it on and giving it its head that would have happened by now so that's the thing that concerns me and it may be that the only way any real change like that will happen is if it's the only way is if he's forced to make that change in other words if uh, if he suddenly has a boss because we've suddenly sold it to someone and then yeah and then the worry is who who we sold it to I mean there has been talk of big brands buying it haven't there there's been talk of there, there's been rumors about Google there's been rumors about Amazon and things like that. do you think that would be an interesting and
3: potentially positive development Jamie no, <laughs> really, no. Because who know? You know those big. You, know, you see how those brands have done over the last six months alone. They were, you know, attracting the best talent, making billions of pounds, and they made, you know, all of those big uh, West Coast tech firms have all made half their staff redundant over the last, and no one, you know, no one saw that coming over the last few months. So, no, I think I'm in agreement with all of you. I, I think, um I think, I don't. This is controversial to lots of Spurs fans. I don't think Levy's necessarily the problem. I think, as you say, what he's done from a business side is phenomenal. you add the NFL partnerships and the music partnerships to everything that you've talked about. You've got this amazing dynamic, uh, forward-thinking business. It's just the, it's just the product that's the problem, isn't it? It's the football and and the and the decision making, and and that's really he's probably guilty of not having the right people around him. Or, or the people around him. And Paratici's, he's done some good things. And he's hes had a few shockers as well in terms of recruitment. I mean, his, his more recent buys were good. But anyway, hes he seems like he's passed. And we'll see um, how the new Aussie fella does, Scott, Scott Munn. But I think decisions have just... You know, even going back to this last transfer window, suddenly at 11.01, it was announced that Matt Doherty's left. And we paid off yeah. his salary and he's gone. And yeah. we've gone. Uh obviously Pedro Porro's come in, Emerson Rails injured. So we've got one wing back who hasn't played in the premiership before and he's going to play every game until the end of the season. So we can't now even consider really a back four if we wanted to, if Mason wanted to change it up and you'd bring in Royale maybe and, and put, you know, so we these, these consistently and actually right back. I've, I say this to a lot of my Spurs mates, but if you go through our history, the last 10 years of all the decisions we've made at right back, it's the most unbelievable uh, sort of list of mistakes. And we've got about five or six decent hit Spurs right backs playing in the Premier League at the moment playing quite well. Yeah. And none of them. you know, we've got no, no options at Spurs. Um, so really weird, uh, but I, I think um, I think it's just decisions. It's just it's just it's just the the key decisions we're getting wrong on on the footballing level, and, and and Levy's just hasn't had those people around him to either make them for him or he hasn't listened to them or both. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, maybe we'll draw. The, we're going to do a separate show later in the week to preview the Bournemouth game, but. Uh, so I wonder if now might be a good time to draw it to a close. At least we're coming, uh, at least this show's come on the back of a victory. At least Scott Munn's joined and he might be the answer to everything. Scott Munn could be the, the whole turning point we've just been talking about. He could be it. One Scotty Munn. there's only we could be singing that within the year. <laughs> so I like to end on an upbeat. I like to find something, find, find uh, straws to clutch at. There we
3: go. No, that's. I feel. Um, I feel a bit really negative off the back of three.
2: Points. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I, I think we we were we were objective enough about the victory, and I think we, you know these problems do exist off the pitch. And the funny thing is, if we hadn't won on Saturday, that we would have been. Imagine how negative we'd have been there. I and mean, then the whole. That's the thing. This whole thing feels like it's on the knife edge the whole time. Anyway, for now, Orla, Chris, Jamie, thank you very much. We'll be back later in the week with a preview of the Bournemouth game. Until then, Theo Delaney
3: saying... If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah,